Hello and welcome to another episode of GC Stories, the series where we speak to security services professionals with an extraordinary tale to tell. And we're delighted to be back for a second season with a whole new set of incredible stories from familiar voices who not only take us through their journeys but also impart some wisdom and life lessons for us all. And on today's episode, wow, I never thought I'd be saying this, but we've got someone who survived an avalanche. That's right, survived an avalanche and then went on to establish a fund administrator named after the trail that played host to this nearly catastrophic event. Mike Trinkhouse, a longtime fund services expert, tells us today how his celebratory trip after selling Carter Fund Services to Outer Domus in 2017 nearly ended in disaster. A story which will make you gasp, laugh, and certainly reconsider off-piste or backcountry skiing. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode with Mike Trinkhouse. Mike Trankus, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm happy. I uh, can't wait to get started. So, uh, so let's get to it. That's two of us. I'm really excited for this. And Mike, to think that that you're an entrepreneur. You told me you're an Iron Man. You know, you're a fund services veteran, and and we're not going to be talking about any of that today. That's quite incredible, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, I guess for me, it's just everyday life. I guess I don't think about it in that context. But I guess if you step back and, and think about it like that, it's 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 a lot to do, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, maybe we'll get uh, we'll cover some of those in a series three uh, episode, maybe. <laughs> but um, let, Mike, not to give too much away, but you you did decide to name your new fund services company after the place where the incident we're talking about today occurred, didn't you? So that, that's quite an exciting development for you. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting uh, process when you go through naming uh, a company. I did it with my last firm, uh, Carter Fund Services, and it was really uh, a derivative of the Magna Carta. And, you know, we looked at it um, and I'm sure you're familiar with that, but we looked at that as a, you know, new beginning, new frontier, new opportunities. So it really um, meant something to us. So as I thought, you know, uh, in version two, how do we sort of replicate that? Because I think it has, you know, that emotional connection and reaction to it. And, you know, after a lot of time trying to, to figure out what a name uh, you know, was going to look like or be. Uh, I landed on Four Pines. And then some of the folks that I was bouncing these names off of and, and whatnot, trying to come up with, you know, they like the name Four Pines um, better than any of the other names that we came up with. And then I added, well, it's a bit uh, more meaningful to me personally, because that's where I was caught on the avalanche, you know, in, in Jackson Hole on that particular backcountry trail. So there's a lot that that went into it. And there's lots of, you know, different things that I pull away from it. But I do feel great that I do have a, a connection in that way, the same way that I did with, uh, with the name Carta. That's really cool. Well, uh, you've, you've, you've set it up nicely there. So could you talk us through the story of what happened? You know, I've got a coffee in hand here. I'm in a comfortable chair. So take your time, spare no detail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, you know, when you go through the story and, you know, I've told the story a few times now over the, the, the last few years and there's there's so much in it. And, and it's always like, oh, man, I forgot to mention that part because it's interesting. There's lots of little subplots as the story gets going. So I'll try to remember as many as many as I can. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, as as the, the story goes, uh, I was out skiing in, uh, in Jackson Hole with uh, with my buddy Ryan Butler 
And I was out there with, um, I, I've been going out skiing for the last 10 years with, with my family. And I've been going out on other trips with, with, with buddies uh, as well. And this particular trip was uh, President's Weekend in 2017. And, you know, it was a family trip. So I was out there with my three kids and my oldest daughter, Isabel, one of her good buddies, uh, Abby. So I was out there with four kids. My wife isn't a skier. We just had a, a puppy. We got a puppy a few months ago prior to that. So she was home with the puppy and I'm out in Jackson with the kids skiing. So it, the day was amazing, to be honest with you, to start with. We got about 10, 12 inches of snow overnight. In the previous couple of days, we've had pretty good snowfalls. So we had unbelievable ski conditions. And on that particular day, um, we, uh, my buddy Ryan and I got a guide and our plan was to go uh, off, uh, off piece, uh, into the back country with the guide. Um, and my kids were going to ski inbounds with their own guide, uh, you know, and it was a really well set up day and, and off we went. And because there was so much snow, the guide was, his recommendation was early on, let's just ski the, the resort first, because there's so many great trails that I can take you to. There's a ton of snow and we're just going to bomb, you know, up and down some really cool spots, uh, and that's what we did. And um, from there, we went to the top of the mountain. There's a little cabin right off of Rendezvous Bowl in, uh, in Jackson. And we sat down and, and had the talk about going uh, backcountry. And you kind of go through all of the rules, what you need to do. We talked about if we were um, in an avalanche, what would you do? Do you pull the cord? Do you not pull the cord? And he kind of walked through the, the area that we were going to be going in and it wasn't a big bowl type of area. So we finished that 45 minute talk and, and Ryan and I kind of looked at each other when, when, uh, when we got out, we're like, man, do we really want to do this? Like we scared to live a day like that with that chat. Um, but that quickly faded and we're like, of course we're going, this is what we're here for. You know, we can't, yeah, it's a bit like, a bit like a, uh, airplane safety talk, you know, you're kind of like, well, yeah, this sounds all really bad, but that's fine, you know, we'll, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just get through it and, uh, <laughs> and then switch our attention back to the fun. Yeah, no, exactly. You have that moment of pause, um, like you do in any um, adrenaline uh, type of activity, generating activity that you're doing. You have that pause of, oh man, should I do this? Should I not do it? And you're like, of course I'm going to do it. This is what I'm here for. So off we went on the, out of that uh, back gate off of Rendezvous and, and, and on our journey. And, you know, we skied down a couple of spots and then we did a little hike up and then we skied down another area. And then we started our, our hike up to the Four Pines area of, of, of um, you know, the back country of Jackson. And, you know, of course, you know, I tend to be a little bit sarcastic from time to time. And we get to the top, really, of the Four Pines uh, trail that we were getting ready to ski down, or at least the area that we were going to. And there is uh, one of the sleds right there where you see the uh, mountain, uh, you know, folks, medical guys carrying folks down the uh, down the mountain with that they get hurt. And of course, I'm like, oh, man what a great, great idea to leave, leave the sled there because now you don't have to carry it all these different places. And boy, I hate to be the guy that has to take that thing down from back here because this is not, this is not an easy place to get to. 
<laughs> so, you know, kind of, uh, you know, one of those moments when you look back and it's a little eerie to uh, yeah. think about. And it still gives me chills right now to to think about me actually saying that, knowing that about 30 or so minutes later, I was I was, you know, needing that particular sled, um, which is kind of, yeah, like I said, it's a little eerie to think about three years later now or four years, I guess, later at this point. So we get to really uh, the peak of where we're going, and uh, you know it was it was it was funny uh, looking back. Uh, Ryan and I were kind of going back and forth. The, the the terrain looked awesome, untracked. It looked just like a really cool run to go down, and and we were kind of like, all right, you go first. No, you go first. No, you should have it. And then he finally said to me, "Dude, I live in Jackson Hole. Like I can do this anytime. You go." And it dawned to me, of course you live in Jackson. I should go first. You're right. So I went and and shortly after, uh, you know, I was probably down about 30, maybe 30 yards from where I started. And uh, and the avalanche triggered behind me. And I didn't know what um, what happened at first. You know, there's so much snow to begin with. And you're just kind of, you know, bouncing from turn to turn and there's snow everywhere. But then very quickly you could feel there was a different type of pressure building around you and you know i quickly realized something was was not right and um you know then i realized okay this is this is this is not good i'm in i'm in an avalanche and you know you try to you know today go back and say well what would i have done differently well here's one of the lessons i i learned is you know i should have been probably a bit more aware of my surroundings, not just in front of me, but skiers left, skier right as well, just because I probably could have skied out of it because it wasn't a very wide avalanche. Um, It was kind of a narrow one, but I was directly in the middle of it. You know, it was interesting, a little bit before we had started this particular part of the run, our guide was telling us, you know, hey, if you go right this way, about 150 yards, it drops off about 1,500 feet. Yeah, we've had to go up and rescue people out there. And it's just like, you know, you're really in awe of of the nature that's around you. And you realize, you know, you're in its world and, and, uh, you're, you're, you're trying to do as much as you can not to upset the apple cart, so to, so to speak. So it's pretty, it's, it's nerve wracking in, in, in that regard, because you, if you make a mistake, it could be life threatening. And, yeah, yeah. you know, so I didn't know as I'm going down, if I could go left or go right, because I thought about, well, I just could go off a 1500 foot cliff and I don't want to do that. I know in front of me, I can see that's not there. So I tried to, uh, I tried to outrun it and ultimately, uh, I failed in that attempt to, uh, to outrun it and, uh, and it caught me, you know, and the feeling of it catching, uh, me was very similar. You know, if you've spent time in the ocean and you're in, uh, you know, big waves that are kind of crashing over the top of you, that feeling where it's kind of hovering over you and you know, it's coming and you just, when is this thing going to come down on me? And, and boom, that's, that's the last thing that, that I remember. And I got pulled down the mountain, uh, pretty, pretty far, um, probably about a hundred yards or so, uh, you know, from what the guide was, uh, was telling me once, once it caught me. And, um, and then I, Next thing I know, uh, 
I, I'm conscious. I woke up, um, kind of my legs, I'm buried from the legs down. So I didn't get completely buried. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, uh, it wasn't too deep. So I could kind of, you know, like move my legs a little bit. And that's the first thing I started to do is like, okay, I'm alive. I made that. Uh, I really don't know what just happened from, you know, my last moment of consciousness. Um, but here's what I do know. I can move my feet. I can move my hands. I can move my neck. It doesn't appear that I'm paralyzed here. So that's, so that's good. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm alive. I'm really excited about that. Um, but I don't know what the heck happened. And a couple minutes later, my guide uh, came up and you know, we started talking uh, a little bit and uh, I didn't know where my skis were. My skis were gone. My poles were gone. My goggles were gone. And, um, you know, I was, I thought I was going to be able to ski down. So my first questions were, have you seen my skis? I just, I need a few minutes here. Um, you know, I just, I just need to gather my wits. I'll, I'll be good to go. Though I hadn't really tried to move yet, so I I was you know sadly um, you know misinformed because you know my body was was going to tell me otherwise here shortly, you know in in what's interesting is I had been in a couple of uh, uh, accidents in I think the six months uh, leading up to this, a couple of bike accidents I got taken out you know with some of the Ironman training uh, that I was doing uh, earlier in uh, in 2016. Um, so I've been in a couple of good wrecks and I know what it feels like. And I felt like, okay, yeah, this, this feels like the bike crash where, you know, I got taken out, went over the curb and, you know, rolled across the pavement. I'm like, all right, this is pretty similar. I think I'm okay. Then I tried to get up and, you know, it was, it was, there was no chance I was getting up. And, you know, as it turned out, uh, I later found out in, in the hospital, you know, from an injury standpoint. Uh, I had eight broken ribs, uh, a collapsed lung, separated shoulder, uh, some teeth were chipped and, and some cuts on, uh, on the face. So I was, I was pretty banged up and, and knew very quickly uh, when I tried to move that I, I had no shot of going anywhere. And I, you know, at that point it hit me, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty serious. So, you know, and, and this is to me, just part of the story. The, to me, the, there's a few interesting uh, parts as, as this starts to, uh, starts to evolve. The first one is my buddy at the top and, you know, he was waiting, yeah, he, he was waiting for the call because there's a protocol that we try to follow, you know, that we had to follow and we had to get uh, permission, you know, the wave from the guide uh, to, to come down. Well, he didn't get the wave. He didn't get the yell. He didn't get anything. And now it's several minutes beyond when he thought he was going to. So he's like, all right, I, maybe I missed it. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but this is just taking too long. So I'm going to go. So he starts down on his path uh, down down the mountain. He's going to follow my tracks, et cetera, et cetera. But what happens is he didn't see where the avalanche started because it was snowy, it was windy, and, and it was very low light, and it was hard hard to see. So he came down, and where the avalanche broke is where um, you know all of the snow slides down, and it's essentially uh, a layer of ice at that point. And he hits that and starts sliding down the mountain, and you know he banged his head pretty good, ended up getting a concussion. But it also dawned on him that, holy cow, there was an avalanche and something could be very, very wrong. He eventually makes his way down to me and uh, 
at that point, he can kind of see that that I'm 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 pretty banged up, but I am talking, and uh, you know, I told him this list. I'm I'm pretty, I'm hurting pretty badly, but I'm good. You know, everything's internal. There's no bones sticking out or or anything uh, severe like that that we can see. I don't know what's going in, on inside my body other than it really hurts, but I'm good. So at that point, it was uh, you know. The, the guide called Ski Patrol and Ski Patrol had to come out and get me. They couldn't take the helicopter out. Um, it was too windy, too snowy, uh, visibility too low. So Ski Patrol had to do the same hike that we did off of uh, Rendezvous, Rendezvous Bowl, make their way to us and pick up that sled that I referenced earlier and uh, brought it down to, uh, you know, to, to take me off uh the mountain and into um you know the mountain emergency area so that's what that's what they did it took them about an hour and 45 minutes uh to get me and you know i guess at that point i was i was pretty cold and kind of i didn't realize it at the time but kind of you know shivering you know as hypothermia probably started to set in you know the sun was out the temperature was dropping so, you know, it was starting to get a little bit serious, but thankfully they, uh, they got there in time. Uh, no additional issues um, arose from just waiting for them to get there. And they were amazing um, to do what they did in the time that they did it, um, what it took for them to get there in such a coordinated uh, manner was, was phenomenal. And I'm to this day, extremely grateful to how professional the, uh, the ski patrol was. Uh, on that particular day uh, for me. So they get there, um, they strap me in. And that's when I really knew how hurt I was because having them move me onto that sled was probably one of the most painful things or experiences I've ever gone through. It was, it was bad. So I I knew I was was in pretty bad shape. They get me in the sled, they ski me down to where um, uh, a snow machine can, can get to. Then they hook me up to the snow machine and bring me into the uh, infirmary on the mountain, you know, take off my gear and, and start hooking me up to all the stuff as they get ready to transport me to the hospital in, uh, in Jackson Hole. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I was there with um, three of my kids and uh, one of uh, a friend of, of my oldest daughter. And their day was coming to an end and the coordination of, okay, well, how do we get them? Because I'm on the way to the hospital and how do I let my wife know and, and all of that stuff. So my buddy Ryan was like, I'll, I'll I'll take care of it. Unbeknownst to me at the time, Kendra, uh, Ryan's wife had reached out to my wife, Alethea and said, Hey, have you heard from the guys? Uh, I haven't heard from them. Their lesson should be over. And um, it's odd that they wouldn't have texted because, you know, they're both very, okay, we know you're going back country and, you know, we just please be mindful and not ignore our texts and and let us know that all is good. So that kind of raised uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, an alert or red flag um, on my wife's end. And, uh, and again, she's kind of a little bit nervous about this to begin with. She's not a skier. um, And, and just, 
you know, the idea of going to a, the top of a hill and, you know, coming down uh, is is not something she thinks is a lot of fun or anything like that. So I think she's nervous about that to begin with. So but where it gets interesting is how she found out I was in an avalanche. Um, what happened is my buddy Ryan texted my daughter Isabel to say, hey, Isabel, uh, I'm with your dad. Uh, and, uh, he got into an avalanche and he's okay. He's going to go to the hospital, but I need to get you guys. So let's meet here. So my wife is going back and forth with my daughter and I actually have the, uh, the, the text string here. We saved it as a family because it's, it's too good, you know, in, you know, to, to ever get rid of this particular exchange, but they kind of going back and forth. Uh, you know, have you heard from your dad? Nope, but I've heard from Mr. Butler and we're meeting up soon. And uh, my wife's like, well, my, why Mr. Butler? Uh, and how long ago was it? And my daughter's response was, well, daddy fell and he's in the hospital, but he's fine. He got he got caught in an avalanche. And uh, Mr. Butler said that he's uh, he's OK. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine being on the other end of that? Just your eyes are scanning the words hospital avalanche, but but yeah, it's okay. We'll catch up later. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Just so nonchalant, like you know, any 14, 14 year old kid would do. Yeah, dad was in an avalanche. No big deal. All's good. I'll talk to you later. Type deal. <laughs> you know. And my wife is on the other end, going, "Oh my god, what? How do I get in touch with them? What is going on?" Is in and you know, her view was she really didn't know if I was okay because. Yeah. you know, you're talking to a 14-year-old kid, of course, you're going to tell them their dad's okay, regardless of, of really what, what really is going on. You just, because you don't know, it's maybe not your place to tell, you know, uh, his daughter, et cetera, et cetera. So my wife was not going on the assumption that I was okay, because, you know, an avalanche, you know, oftentimes is, uh, you get caught, one can be fatal. And, and obviously, you said that there was that, that, intense pain when you were put on the, the sled, but was there ever any, you know, during recovery or in the weeks afterwards, any of those moments where you just stepped back and went, oh, damn, <laughs> I'm so lucky uh, to have got out of this. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that and that pain was real. I can tell you, you know, uh, you know, I was in the hospital for seven days, you know, with the chest tube stuck in my chest, trying to get my lung to work uh, properly. And they came in uh, very often to take pictures of the lung, and my ribs and all of that. And they needed to move me forward about two inches on my bed, you know, to get something behind my back in order to take the, the picture. And that was excruciatingly painful to uh to do that and i needed help i couldn't really do it on on my own and so the the pain was was like nothing i've ever experienced before but to get to your to your question um yeah absolutely it was the first moment where i had that wow i'm incredibly lucky to be alive was when i left the hospital um and i was uh in in i was staying back with with my buddy ryan I was at his house and I was in, in my room where all my stuff was and all my gear. And I was just kind of looking at it and I saw the helmet off to the side. So I picked up the helmet and looked at it. And, you know, that was the moment when I saw about a four to five inch crack on my helmet that I realized how fortunate I was because the reality is even to this day, I don't remember hitting anything with such force 
to crack a ski helmet like that. And, and, and if you're a skier, um, folks know how hard it is to crack uh, a helmet and to hit something with that force is kind of frightening to me that I don't remember <clears throat> exactly yeah. that moment. And, you know, that was the, wow, I, I, I probably should be dead. And I really um, dodged an incredible bullet. And I am so fortunate to, uh, to, to be here today. And, and, you know, that is a moment in, in, in my life um, that really is an inflection point to, to remind myself, you know, on, of that day on a very regular basis about what's, what's important um, in life and, and, and why I should look at every day as a blessing and, and get the most out of every day and use that as motivation, um, both in my professional and, uh, and personal life. So yeah, I've, I've had that moment and that was, that was the big moment and the recovery, um, the recovery was hard, but it went really, really, really well. You know, and I can remember folks that I was talking to that had broken ribs before just two or three ribs. And, and they said, Oh, you're, you're not going to be able to golf for at least a year and yada, yada, yada. And I just, I refused to accept that. I was golfing by August of that year. Um, it was, it was painful, but the ribs were healed. And that's what I kept telling myself. I was not going to let this stop me from doing the things that I wanted to do. And if it just meant I had to deal with a little pain and, and knowing that structurally nothing was wrong. Well, I, I'm okay with that. And I can, I can persevere. I can fight through and uh, do the things I like to do. Yeah. So it really injected that, that lease of life into you. And I mean, uh, I think, the interesting thing about all this, and I'll give you a break from from talking because I appreciate you. <laughs> really, uh, you know, like I said, you didn't spare spare any detail. It was a fantastic uh, uh, account of what happened. But um, yeah, you know, as cool as the story is, obviously seeing that you went on to to name your next venture Four Pines um, shows that it stuck with you, and it's it's something like you say is is, is kind of made you thankful for every day. Um, so do you feel it's really, uh, you know, changed your approach to, to life and your kind of professional life as well? Yeah, no, no, no question. I think what it's done for me in many ways is to, um, be in the moment a bit more, uh, than I probably was, uh, before that. And, um, it's, it's important to, you know, to, to be in that moment, to enjoy that moment because you just never know what's what's around uh the corner and that doesn't mean you know disregard um the things that are uh in in, in front of you today you know tomorrow next month next year or years down the road there's there's a process for all of that um as well that you need to think about but you know be in the moment enjoy the moment and appreciate the things um that you have in your life your family your 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 friends uh your professional uh, career uh, and and don't be afraid, you know, to to take on uh, challenges because you know what I've learned is we can handle so much more than than we think we're capable of of ha you know of handling and it's inspired me to to read uh, you know more uh, Navy SEALs books because I get inspired and uh, it motivates me to uh, you know to understand that there's no challenge in front of us that we can't get past, no matter how dire uh, it seems to be, there's always uh, a way to uh, to get past it, to figure it out uh, and, and find a solution. 
yeah, and lots of lessons to be taken from from other other industries, yep. you know, experiences like yours, like you say that you know, the military had some people on the first series that that had some stories from there, um, and and like you say, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a, a huge experience for you, and um, you know, it obviously, didn't make you any, uh, you know, more risk adverse going into the future because you know, you told me you did some uh, Ironman races since, and, and obviously you've you've started up your own company. Um, I guess the final question I'd ask is, you know, do you kind of now have that thing when the going gets tough that that you, you've got a bit of a different approach, and have you tried to kind of uh, you know teach that to others as well, you know, whether it's colleagues or, or your children. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a different approach. It's 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 being able to be calm in stressful situations, um, and that to me is is key. And I really, um, you know, try to uh, exude calmness in, in in those moments. And and I really hope that people pick that up around me because it's it's uh, it's so important. Um, and that does give you that confidence. It does you know, uh, provide you a framework of, okay, well, I have faced this, I have persevered through it. And, and now what I'm dealing with today, it's, it's way more trivial in the bigger picture of, of my life. So let's just get through it. Let's figure it out. And, uh, and we'll move on. You know, one of the things uh, I did just to remind myself is I do a lot of cycling and on my bike, um, I had inscribed on the top tube, top tube of, of the bike, uh, four pines, two twenty seventeen, and you know I did that because I want a reminder of you know the pain that I went through and you know in in the process that I went through and and no matter how badly I feel on on this bike right now, if I'm going up a, a steep climb and it hurts, uh, it will end. Uh, and it's, it's not as bad as what I went through. So just embrace it, just enjoy it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, off you go. So amazing stuff. Um, Mike, to finish up, uh, I've got three questions that we ask every guest that, that comes on the show. Uh, so I'll start with asking who from the financial services industry has inspired you throughout your life? Interesting question. Um, you know, so here's, here's how I'll answer it. Uh, I don't have a, a particular person that I would say that I uh, admire. Well, I mean, I admire so many people. Um, how I look at this is I'm inspired every single day by the people that I see out there, whether it's financial services or not, that are taking um, a chance on, on, on themselves, believing in themselves, you know, starting companies or, or taking a different uh, career move path and and just following the passion um, you know that they want to follow and that that's really what inspires me and I go from thing to thing in terms of reading uh, different articles with folks doing this or doing that so I don't think there's a particular uh, person per se but it's that pursuit of you know I want to follow something that that is a dream of mine again starting a company clearly is going to be a dream of somebody so i see that and i just get excited inspired you know when i see friends to it i have a few friends in uh in uh 2020 that that started um companies themselves and i see that and i get motivated and inspired by uh by that sort of thing that that's really what what i focus on and not so much what i'll call the the, the big heavyweights even though they have great stories um, and, and there's a lot to be um, learned from them. 
I, I like sort of more of the, uh, you know, the very beginnings grassroots uh, type type of thing. That's where I find inspiration. Brilliant. And the second question might maybe ties in a little bit to that answer, but it's where is inspiration from outside of your professional life come from? I know you've mentioned a, a few such as the, the Navy SEALs, but anything else come to, to mind? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first, first and foremost is, uh, is, is my family, uh, an extended family. Uh, I, you know, I've got, um, you know, a bunch of brothers, a sister, uh, we're all very close. Um, and, and, you know, we lost, uh, our mom early and our dad, you know, somewhat early on a relative basis to life expectancy. And that's really brought us together as a family. Um, and of course my immediate family, my, my wife, my kids, um, you know, what I do is, is through being inspired by them and, and wanting to give them and provide them and teach them. And, and they're my, they're my inspiration for everything. You know, you find, um, other inspirations out there. Like, you know, I love, uh, you know, reading different, uh, Navy SEAL books, like I'd mentioned before, those are, those are great, uh, is, is well. And, you know, there's some other, you know, authors that I like to, to follow and whatnot, but it's really my kids. And you think about, you know, if you know any Ironman, they always have a reason um, why they want to do Ironman. And, you know, for me at first it was, it, it's a super hard race, um, takes a lot of dedication and all of that to, to do it. And that was my original reason, just because I just wanted to say that I could do this and see if I could do it. And I did. And that's transitioned into, you know, my family. They love it so much that they're now like, Dad, when are you? What do you mean you're taking off Iron Man in 2021? Why aren't you doing it? We want you to do it. So my inspiration for doing it now is is my family and seeing how much they enjoy it and how much they've embraced that journey, because it is a journey that you're on when you do it. So um I, I know that may sound cliche-ish, but it's, it's, it's the truth. It's, uh, you know, they're, they're my inspiration. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. And finally, what's the biggest life lesson that you've learned that you would like to pass on to others? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a great question. There are so many lessons in, in life, but I think for me, where things really started to change for me is when I understood having balance in your life is, is key to, to making you the best professional that you can be or helping you reach the goal of, of, of being the best professional that you can be, uh, as well as being, you know, the best uh, in your personal life as well. You know, I look back on my career, you know, the first eight years from, from college right up until I was about 30, it was heads down, work, 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 work. I need to, you know, get as much experience and, and, and take on as many challenges. And oh, by the way, I need to go to grad school. So I was working, you know, 60, 70 hours a week and going to grad school. And I, you know, I just shut down my life to do it all. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my wife uh, got pregnant with my oldest. Uh, and then my mother passed away. And, um, and then six weeks later, my first child was born, Isabel was born. And, you know, that's one of those moments in life where you kind of like you realize how important uh, your your health is and going at the rate that I was going and completely ignoring um, my my health, which, you know, has an impact on my mind was a wake up call where I needed to find a little balance in, in life. And since then, I've tried to, you know, pursue 
having a balance between professional and uh, and uh, personal. And what I found is when I have that balance, doesn't mean I stop thinking about one or the other when I'm when I'm doing a you know when I'm at work I still think about my my personal life and when I'm in my personal life I think a lot about work but I feel there's less stress and I do it with more ease um, and I'm able oftentimes to come up with solutions or suggestions to solve problems when I'm out riding my bike for three hours and I have that moment away to just kind of decompress and think with an uncluttered mind and and I have found you know, when I have that balance, I'm at, I'm at my best. And so any piece of advice, try to find balance uh, in your life um, in whatever pursuits that you have a passion for, because that's, that's kind of the key too. Fantastic. Well, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and, and fascinating to hear your story and insights. And yeah, I'm hoping that some people listen to this and, uh, and think of your story in the way that you think of some of the, the Navy SEAL adventures you've been reading about. That's that's the hope here. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. It sounds like you're doing some really interesting interesting stuff at the start of uh, Four Pines Fund Services as well. Um, so the, the best of luck with everything you're, you're building uh, there. And, uh, yeah, lastly, just uh, thanks again for, for the story and, and being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It was uh, great to be on. I'm happy to share it. And, you know, if anybody can can find motivation or inspiration um, from it, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to hear it. And um, 